Wow, guys. I, uh, I'm doing my best not to take it personally, but just I thought we were mates. I thought we got on better than this. I started this podcast about eight months ago now, and you know what? I went and looked at how many reviews I've had. 29 reviews. <laughs> I think that's, that's, not, that's not a good amount of reviews, I'm sure. I've seen some with a lot more than that. So here's the thing. All the podcasts I listen to that are good podcasts ask their listeners to leave one. Can you do me a favor? Can you go only five stars? One of the bloke, one of the blokes that left a review left a uh, a three star. I've specifically said don't do it unless you're going to give me five. So can you please go over and leave a five star review? I have no idea what it does, but I'm sure it's going to be more helpful than whatever's been done today. Look, we can rekindle this friendship if you do it. That's the one condition. So if you like it, five stars, nice little comment. Even if you want to say something about, I don't know, I, I don't know, just. Jump over. See you go. All right. Thank you so much. Guys, before we get started today, got to give a special shout out to our brand new sponsor. Okay, we haven't got a sponsor at the moment, but if you would like to jump on board as a sponsor, if you think what you've got is relevant to these audience, mostly runners, I'm going to say 98% runners and 2% people who have got lost on the podcast feed, please get in touch, tyson.popplestone at gmail.com or shoot it through the Relax Running contact page. Either way, they both come to me. One of them just feels more personal, so I'll, I'll just send it to my one. That's fine. Guys, it is that time again where we catch up with two of the best men on the planet. One is 33 years old, lives in Melbourne. His name is Dave McNeil. He's a two-time Olympian. He's a speed demon. He's in some fine form right now, just quietly. Ran 10.23 around the 10, which is just a ridiculously fast time a couple of weeks ago. Uh, The other one is 74, still great looking, coming at you from northern Arizona. I'm pretty sure that's where he's at. But his name is Bert Gershida, and he's the mentor of, I've claimed him as mine now as well, but he's worked more closely with Dave McNeil over his years as an athlete. So Every couple of weeks, these guys catch up for a, a little session just to talk mindset and to talk. He's just a positive bloke to hang around with, Bert. So uh, just having a conversation with him leaves you uplifted. So I'm pretty sure that's what goes down in Dave and Bert's chats. However, I've been third wheeling with these guys the last couple of weeks. And we thought, hey, how about we record it, post it on the podcast? Because, man, there's some good stuff that comes out of, uh, well, I'm going to say Dave and Bert's mouth. I chuck in a few questions here and there, but don't judge me. I'm just trying to keep that conversation flowing. So it's got a little bit of a different flavor to our regular podcast. It's not all running, though there's a little bit of running sprinkled in there. It's uh, it's not all mindset, but though there's a lot of that sprinkled in there as well. So if you are on the hunt for, you know, just a little bit of insight as to what goes through an Olympian's mindset in a time like this, uh, how he deals with his difficulties, his struggles, and just some general life advice from a great looking man by the name of Bert, you're in the right spot. So let me get out of your way and introduce myself, Bert. And Dave talking all things running, mindset, and whatever else comes up. Enjoy. Do you reckon, I don't know if Bert already knows about the, the race that you did the other day, but I reckon it'd be really interesting for people to hear about that idea because I'm so involved in the running world and had no idea what that, Ste- what was it, Steigen race? Yeah, the Ste- Steigen uh, World 3, 3K Challenge or time trial or, yeah, so we, so on, for the month of July, there's a, but there's a, um, there's a, a, a sock and apparel company in Australia called Steigen. Um, and they've had a uh, they have a history in recent years of um, I guess supporting the sport of of athletics or, or track and field and uh, and trying to be quite innovative in the way that they um, promote the sport and support the sport. So they've in the past couple of years they've put on a, a, a track meet each year, which is a little bit different to your your, your average track meet. Um, and then I guess in the current climate, they uh, they they came up with an, another idea um, to I guess create a bit of buzz around the the running the running world in the 
in a world of, of no travel and no racing. And they put on a virtual event um, which runs for the whole month of July. And it's nice. a it's a, uh, a challenge to um, do a, th- a three-kilometre time trial. Um, and they've put, uh, in total, they've put $5,000 US on the line. So it's $2,000 uh, each for the fastest male and female 3K time during the month. And then they've put a bonus 500 each if you're wearing if you're wearing Steigen gear, but um, uh, on Tuesday, one of my training partners and I we um, we kind of got the uh, we were first cabs off the rank and and had a go at it and kind of I guess set the set the standard, which uh, will undoubtedly get get beaten because we 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 didn't pick the best day to do it. It was it was pretty cold and a um, bit miserable, but we got some times on the board and. Um, Another, um, you know, really sort of uh, innovative and, and important um, player in the in the promotion of our sport um, called Tempo Magazine. They're an online um, news outlet for all things running and running culture. Um, they've kind of um, been heavily sort of, uh, I guess, um, telling the story and promoting it. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of created a little bit of a buzz in the in the the running world which you know it's great there's um but you you might remember a couple of weeks ago we that a general sort of topic of conversation was um you know the the infiltration of of negativity and and um kind of the the negative way we we talk about um you know social issues and and political issues and um and, and public health issues and um and sometimes it's just nice to see you know celebrate good good stories and and happy things and 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 kind of see the other side of the coin and and I think this is one of them I mean there's um you know there's there's plenty of opportunity if we if we're just talking about athletics there's plenty of opportunity to criticize and and be critical of um of players and groups that um that might be dragging their heels or, or aren't being innovative or are being overly cautious or are saying the wrong things. Um, but we can, we can also, we can, we don't have to kind of put all our, all our energy into that. We can put it into, you know, celebrating people that are doing cool, innovative, new things and, and, and promoting, you know, f- promoting the sport. And, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what the uh, what the topic of conversation is, whether it's running or or uh, coronavirus or anything, but um, this is what Tyson and I kind of had a little bit of a chat about yesterday. Is just this this kind of dichotomy between um, you know light and dark and good and bad, and 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 often having that choice about which which um, which side of the coin we we would we put our energy into, or we we hope to uh, hope to land on? Wow, wow, it's it, it's really something because I I really don't know how you how you came to this because you didn't come through it from a formal way. You know, you didn't come in from you know go to church and learning you know black and white and you know God and the devil and stuff like that. Somehow or another. I think you just sort. This is just you, you know. You well, sort well, of looking. It's but it's not like you don't do the battle, you know. No, no, absolutely. I, I every every single day, and I I lose I lose every single day as well. But um, look, no, I mean, you know, without I'm not I'm not trying to um, you know, boot, boot, pump your tires up. But you know, a lot of this stuff I've I've learned from you, Bert, and and um, so I guess for for listeners that um, don't know a lot about Bert, but um, one of the things that you do is is each week you send out a a, um, a kind of a, a weekly email to to subscribers, and um, it's just some you know some really simple words of wisdom for the week. Um, and often it's you know it's it's there's a story behind it or, or you know a, a parable of sorts, I guess um with with a with a simple message and 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 something to kind of you know um inspire for the for the week ahead and 
you know, th this is a message that you've you've preached before, and um, it's something that's always resonated with me. And um, whatever um, kind of uh, internalized mental battles I have, whether it's you know on the the running track or on the training track or or just life in general, um, so often that they're they're, all, they're almost always is a is a choice. Um, over which which side of the coin you're you're going to put your energy into um light and dark it's uh it's that you know that that uh this, this it's the story of star wars <laughs> no, it, it is probably the story you know yeah. it's, the, it's the story of stories it's so funny because i i said to you and I, I really meant it just i mean i look at you and i've known you since you've been about maybe 23 something like that yeah oh. and and i i did say i did i wasn't quite sure you know how you got this beautiful thing and then you look at me and say well not to blow you up or anything but i got a lot of it from you and, and i think that's just interesting that one thing about any of us we don't even know the impact that we have on other people yeah. which is it's a kind of a cool way to start yeah you don't yeah. know mm. i mean you said that even though i kind of it was in the background just you're saying it you know was a reminder and i got a you know a letter from a client who we haven't been able to see today she didn't want to zoom you know so it's been we haven't seen each other for quite a few months you know just thanking me to help her get through the you know the corona thing you know and it, and each one of us because we're all out there in the world doing our thing and then oh and then tyson you said people have called up and say it's really neat and i know that it has to do with somehow or another get some they were able to take away a positive vibration that was more than just momentary that somehow stuck and, and when i think about what our job is you know in, in the podcast and uh is to somehow that i mean obviously it's it's not to leave them with something negative you know that, that's going to get in their way we know that right so then we have to be real clear we want everybody who's listening to go oh what can i take away from this not, and not just for the rest of the day but i would say literally to think big for the rest of our life yeah isn't that cool i mean that, that, and we do have that impact yeah yeah i think it's uh it's it's easy to it's easy to brush that aside because um we i mean i look that's something i've i've often had trouble with and i'm sure i'm sure you guys will will relate to this but um when you know just the the idea of also also the idea of accepting you know love from someone else accepting a compliment accepting um that you that you've had a positive impact that, that's that that's a, that's another thing that takes practice too <laughs> right right just it's it's so easy if if i say something negative to you mm. you know that could stick for 3 weeks yeah yeah yep if i say man you are really beautiful that might not even enter into anything yeah. for a moment. In fact, yeah. all we feel is, is, the, is the push away. You know, yeah. From yeah. Let me tell you a, a story about that. Now, I think it's cool. Uh, one, one, for me, one of the life-changing stories of my life, the, the way I learned how to be a, a counselor, a therapist, was we would sit in a group of people. We have a leader, and each one of us would raise our hand, and, and we would say, you know, I want to work on something. So it, it took a lot of guts, you know, because I I, 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 I didn't, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> but, but I thought I couldn't think of a better way to do it. And, and actually, the very first time I ever did, was in a group like this, the first thing I can say was after, was after two and a half days of being there, and I'd spent like five or six hundred dollars, and I was just a, a graduate student. You know, I said, all I can say is I'm too afraid to talk, just to talk about something that was inside of me. So actually, he's actually, I'm going to jump past that. So many, quite a few years later, I was in a group and I was, by that time I could raise my hand. I say, this, this is really bothering me. And I could talk about something and learn something about myself. When it was all over, there's a time for feedback. And one of the women on the other side of the, 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 the room said to me, Bert, you're really beautiful. And I choked. And the therapist who was reading, you know, was leading it, may he rest in peace, just a Bob Martin, a beautiful man looked at me and said, oh, I don't think we're done with the work yet, Bert. Yeah. He said, 
literally, and this just speaks to what you're saying. He said, tell, tell the group that you're beautiful. And literally, I went like this. I went, I choked. I, I couldn't do it. And jokingly, I said, beautiful. You know, I just said, no, right. That's not <laughs> So then he was brilliant. He said, I want you to tell your, your child who's about to be born. This was April. My baby, Jenny, was going to be born in June. And he knew that. He said, I want you to put your child who hasn't been born yet and put her in front of you and say to her, I'm beautiful. I was 30 years old. No, I wasn't quite 30 yet. 29 years old. And I just cried like a baby because I said, if I couldn't say this to myself, how's Jenny going to be able to say this to herself? Yeah. Literally, it got me. I said, the, the, game, the game's up. You know, I mean, I come on. I can't sit here and say I can't do that. I got a job to do. And, and deep in all of our hearts, we know we're beautiful. There's a beautiful part here. Even though this other negative part, which we start talking about, can take can be so consuming, each one of us knows when we slow it down that there's a deep, beautiful person here. So I did say to Jenny, lie in there. And I had her, you know, imagined her there. I'm beautiful. And cried and cried. And I knew. And then when she was born, I picked her up. And the first words she heard from me were, I'm beautiful. Now she's 43 years old and she's a counselor like me. And she tells this story. And she's passing this story on to who knows how many people. And I just so this this story is just such a beautiful thing. One is like you said, David. We hear it, we don't, and we don't let it in. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the first step, just to, to say thank you and see if we can let some of that resistance get out of the way. Yeah, and we can just feel the truth about who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and then the other thing is just one other thing is that mm-hmm. then to practice seeing that in everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I guess um, you know whenever whenever people do listen to this, and um, maybe to give it some context, you know, where this is twenty twenty, it's it's uh, almost the middle of July now, and and it's been a uh, it's been an interesting year, and and certainly one that will will go down in history as um, as uh, as different to, to most other years, and and I guess in context. Um, you know, whether whether you're a runner listening to this or, or or from some other background, you know, life's been a bit different. It's been pretty challenging this year. You know, we've been um, everyone in some way, shape, or form has been through some sort of social isolation. Um, everyone through some way, shape, or form has, you know, um, had had their work um, situation um you know change or, or or disappear um you know we've we've been forced into um i guess um closer proximity with with people than you know um and more often than than maybe we're used to and and that's kind of challenged maybe that's challenged relationships you know and then and then maybe as a runner you know we've had um olympics cancelled we've had um um running seasons cancelled and you know for a lot of for a lot of the runners listening um you know and, and certainly certainly for me you know we're running such a central you know tenant of my my being and and how i make sense of the world you know that's that's challenging and and we're we're presented every day with you know you know covid's on on the rise i mean bert you're in arizona and and, and we know how we know how dire the situation is there, and I'm not sure if you've heard, but here in Victoria, um, our case numbers have kind of spiked slightly out of control in, in the last week, and, and we've we've gone back down, back into a full full lockdown like we did um, during March, April, and May. So, um, you know, it's you know there was that glimmer of hope where life was starting to. The trajectory was going back to that sort of being social again, returning to you know what whatever whatever normal is, I guess, <laughs> um, and then and then to have that kind of torn away again, and and um, yeah, I guess in context, it's it's certainly very easy at the moment um, to uh, to focus on 
focus on on the negative negative of all of that and and then, and then and then of course you know there's there's huge um social and 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 racial unrest at the moment as well across the world um again you know there's there's so many there's so so many reasons and and to be um to be critical to be angry um and uh but just like like with every issue there's there's uh it's there's got to be something there to celebrate as well um mm. celebrating culture celebrating you know the fact that we're life slowed down a little bit the fact that we're spending potentially more time you know maybe not in person but but over zoom calls and skype calls and um so i guess that's 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 just putting a bit of context i guess yeah yeah that's really good but i'm interested to pick actually i'm interested to pick both of your brains on this subject because dave just mentioned quite a few things there and i said before we started recording today that dave and i were on the phone yesterday for about about half an hour just having a chat about like all things life and then at the end we're like was that just perfectly was that all about running and we're like yeah sort of and it's amazing how the two worlds just intersect and i know sport's a beautiful metaphor for um for the for the rest of our life but i think dave just mentioned some really interesting points there that i i wanted to pick your brain about because one thing that i've noticed through just the last couple of months is that there's a lot of talk um I guess it's a natural human tendency as well that when there's when there's difficulty or when there's problems or when there's tension, often our first resort. And I know this from uh, being in a relationship now for twelve years. My, my first response is is often to point at Jesse and go, "Hey, babe, you're doing this wrong. And if you would stop doing that, then my life would be better, and then things would be solved." And then that's one of the continual things that we've had in our relationship where when we're in an argument, we don't do it all the time. In fact, we don't do it enough, but we do our best when we catch ourselves to say if there's a tension or if we're arguing about something just to take personal responsibility for our part in that no matter how hard it is for our uh, you know our pride to to admit it and i can't help but think that on a mass scale um when we look at the rest of the world there there's not a there's not a whole heap of people that are saying all right i'm going to do what i can for for to make because I, I, it's not as impressive like it feels great to go out and say i'm going to save the world i'm going to change the world i'm going to change everyone and inspire everyone to be like me but then, like, the the flip side of that is, all right, if I could just take one small step to improve myself, then that small community that's around me is going to be infiltrated, uh, is going to be impacted positively. And then it's sort of like a, a ripple-on effect. And uh, it, it's interesting to me, and, and Bert, from a, a psychologist's point of view, I'm, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this. Like, why do you think it is in a, a situation like this, we often, whether it's life or whether it's running and we're blaming the coach for the training, like, why is it that we find find it so difficult to, to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, okay, what can I do to impact this rather than blaming the rest of the world or, or my wife or my family and friends and whoever else that I could throw the blame off but myself? Wow. How much time do we have for this? But, <laughs> hey, hey, this records for as long as you need, so go go crazy. <laughs> I, you know, I, obviously I'm just saying that because, I mean, if there is one question that we could ask and then to come up with answers with, this is, this is it, you know, because really – you know, like you know, like you said, Tyson. It's, it's lo- as soon as we blame, the opportunity for things to get better, particularly in a relationship, that is the beginning of stopping the improvement. Right? It just is. But you asked, you know, a great question. Why? Why is it? So, why is it so easy to do that? And there's there are a few reasons. You know, one is. It's just easier. <laughs> we see with our eyes. We can see what's wrong with us. We can see what's going on. You know? So it's, it's really a very simple thing. Right? Also, whoever it is that we're with, a partner, whatever that is, if we were to count the things that they did that were beautiful and amazing and we couldn't do without those things, Compared to the four things that we really don't like, you know, the ratio would be like, whatever, 7,000 to three, you know, something like that, you know, but our eyes get glued on what's wrong. And, and we really get literally addicted to that. Now, a simple way to look at it is, is that the lower brain, the animal brain, whatever bother us, that's, that is automatic, right? And what you mentioned just before, Tyson, I think it was you, you said, 
at any moment, this is what makes human beings different than any, any other species, as far as I know, at any moment, we have a choice. We have the capacity to make a choice from being in the lower brain, which, has, which is negative, and buying into that. And I would say as, as, a, as a race, we're addicted to negative thoughts. You know, and that's what the, the news kind of uh, uh, thrives on. You know that? So, but at the moment, and this is you know, what we, we just talked about, I would say the most important teaching is at any moment, we do not have to spend our time there. And if, if in any day we begin and begin to shift, oh, that's a negative thought? Even if it's true, and we all do it, there's also many more beautiful things going on, infinite beautiful things going on that we can pay attention to. They aren't as whatever, you know, compelling in some ways, but, but they actually, they, cha they change the chemistry in our body. I would say that we should, that our, that our number one job is to keep on getting better at seeing what's beautiful inside of ourselves, in other people, and then being conscious about how we put our energy out to everybody else. Some of my thoughts, some of my, you know, probably what I think about more than anything, how to bring more light into the world. And, and really, that's, that's our job, yeah. probably since, since we arrived here as human beings, you know, how to, how to shine some light, because there's certainly, we got to look for it sometimes. And, and Bert, you, you'll know, and, and I, I certainly know it's a, it's a never ending job because that, uh, that, that battle that, um, like you said, that, uh, that inherent innate, um, uh, darting towards, uh, that, that negative thought, that negative approach, um, that the, the deficit based um, approach is natural. It's part of that, it's part of that lower animal brain. And uh, it's, it's never a question of getting rid of it. It's, it's a question of, of recognizing it when it comes up and, and potentially, you know, potentially we get better at and, and quicker at, at recognizing it and, and shifting our focus. But it's, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a constant battle. And I, I, uh, I certainly, for my part, I'm certainly not perfect at it. And I, I you know, th this week alone has been, um, you know, I've had, uh, I, I guess, more more negative negative thoughts entering my my brain than the average week. And um, and it just goes to show, like, you you, you can get you can get better at, at recognizing it and and shifting your focus and your attention. But it does keep coming back. And and um, yeah. Like what what has been your thought process, man? Like I'm really interested. You you mentioned earlier that it, it's been a, I guess a difficult time in terms of from an athlete's perspective in hoping to have the Olympics later this year and then trying to qualify and being on that pursuit and then like them being delayed temporarily and still no 100% confidence or clarity that it's going to take place next year. Like what what is your mindset right now in regards to to the Olympics and and what that looks like as an athlete? Because I, I reckon there'd be a lot of people who are interested to hear. Um, from a person in your situation, because as we know, there's there's people like you all around the world who are in this limbo of okay, like <laughs> what does this next few months look like? Oh man, uh, yeah. Again, how long do we have to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, you know, I, I, and look, I, I don't know, I don't know how common my my sort of train of thought and and my sort of internal mental struggles are, but um, you know, it's in, for me. It's impossible to separate. Um, you know, the the running side of life, the the work side of life, and the personal side of life. It's all it's all interconnected for me. So, I, I guess it's a um, it's a uh, yeah. It's a, it's been an interesting culmination of of um, of challenges. So, I mean, from yeah yeah from the running side of things, um, you know, I guess from the running and the the you know the work making money side of things the challenge for me is that i I'd, I'd initially sort of banked on you know the olympics being in 2020 um i'd finished my physio degree last year and i'd i'd given myself basically the first half of the year to 
Um, you know, be selfish, work on the running, try and try and get to maybe one more Olympics, um, and then knuckle down and 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 get into the work side of things. Um, so that obviously ha- that that had to change. Um, you know, now have an extra 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 year to contend with. Um, I also had a um, a job market to contend with that was um, highly volatile because of the because of the effect of COVID, um, particularly on private practice um, physiotherapy, which is I guess the direction that I had always intended to go, um, and kind of the the stepping stone that I wanted to take, I guess, down my sort of physio career. Um, so that's been difficult, and and then um, I guess. Yeah, the, the the result of all that um, is, I mean, yeah, the, the running stuff is, the running side of things purely from a fitness and health perspective is all going great. I'm, I'm in good shape. Um, I, I'm healthy. I'm enjoying my running. Um, and, and it's going better than it probably has in four or five years. Um, so, so that side of things is great. But on, on the flip side, I guess my um the the biggest challenge for me and i i think it has always been this is um i i struggle often i guess with um uh, i guess sense of identity and and sense of of meaning and um and this year the the only constant that i have had is has been the running which is great um but it's not bringing in any money um it's not certainly at the moment where there's no racing there's 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 no um there's no real like palpable purpose to all the training that I'm doing at least in the short term um that cert- certainly challenged me um i guess from a mental well-being perspective of like just being um you know okay with the situation and and um and i guess yeah that's 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 challenged all facets of my life i mean um, my girlfriend would certainly attest to that, and um, I've probably been a real pain in the ass some of the time, uh, or a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jesse, I think Jesse would agree. <laughs> yeah, and and I think um, yeah, and look at the end of the day, it's um, yeah, it, it's it's not just the running um, side of things and the, the Olympic side of things that. Um, has been the biggest deal break for me. And I'm sure that's the same for a lot of runners out there is, you know, although running might be a central um, pillar of their life, you know, it's it's not a, it's not the only pillar and, and that's certainly the case for me. And um, certainly all of those factors, um, personal, professional and, uh, and, um, and passion, they've all kind of culminated and, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been challenging. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's uh, it's always an opportunity for growth, and still got a long way to go. But that's kind of, I guess, where where I'm at with it. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Like Bert said something before, which I I'd love to to pick his brain on a little bit more as well. And I mentioned this too on the phone yesterday, Dave, that I've been reading this book um, by a guy called Joseph Campbell, who uh, it's called The Pathway to Bliss. He's also written another great great book called um, A Hero with a Thousand Faces, and one thing that he delves into, or, or to be, he doesn't just delve into it, it's his whole life's work, really. In fact, Star Wars was inspired by his work. And you mentioned earlier, Dave, that um, like the Star Wars story is a story of essentially light versus darkness and overcoming and conquering trials. And um, the older I get, the easier it is to see that both on a, a psychological perspective or an internal perspective and an external uh, perspective, it seems to be the, the story of 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 life and so many spiritual stories and and different mythologies and um like the to like from a from a christian tradition's perspective they look at the story of jesus as as conquering death and coming back returning to life and whether you believe that story is a true story is just as a mythology the power is still true in the sense that uh, it, it is the story of of overcoming darkness and conquering those trials and um, whether you're speaking about running or whether you're speaking about work or relationships or or, or life in general it you, you can't get away from the fact that we're on this constant journey of of going down into the underworld for for lack of a better word and and, and trying to find the tools and the uh, strategies and things that we can bring back to our community to to help the future generations and I think that's why these stories are so captivating to people because 
we we all seem to relate with the fact that we we are in this battle of of yin and yang of light and dark of um you know life and death and 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 it's i think when you can grasp what's happening in uh, man i've gone on a little bit of a a rant but um it's a, a subject i'm passionate about i think especially since like a lot of um, mythology or spiritual stories have been sucked out from our um our world it's it's hard for people to navigate the i guess the chaos that that so often comes into their life because it just feels meaningless and pointless and uh, it, it's hard to understand and i think the if you're speaking about running as a metaphor you, you understand that um some of your your hardest training sessions and some of your lowest points are actually really great learning centers to be able to come back and go oh okay far out like if i didn't go through that 10 years ago then um i wouldn't be so grateful or so strong in this situation and then like just on a life perspective when you can have that uh understanding it it makes even though it's not necessarily easier to to get through i i think it gives it meaning and it gives it shape and structure and bert i i heard you you say earlier um the risk of paraphrasing it completely incorrectly that sort of that rant was was the nature of of what it is that we're doing here as as humans and and from from a from a uh, i don't know like a a sports psychology perspective or um even just from a, a mentor's perspective of someone who's who's seen a lot of this take place throughout the world and is watching it now especially in the states like is there anything i'm sure there's plenty that you can add to that to make it sound so much smoother and so much more intelligent than what i just did but there you go i've, I've dumped a few thoughts on the table for you but I'd, I'd, if there's something that you can mold out of that that big lump of whatever it is i put on the table i'd really appreciate you crafting something i'm gonna i'll do my best let me see <laughs> oh wow so so you started you know just by talking about you know from a christian perspective and it's fascinating because you know i come from a jewish perspective and, but basically, at the essence, the message is the same. There's darkness and there's light. There might be different storylines that go, you know, uh, that go along with them, you know. But the, at the essence, that's it. So, so it is interesting. And, and to me, uh, Viktor Frankl, he was, uh, he wrote, uh, man's search for meaning and he, and he wrote that after he came out of the concentration camps in um, in Germany um, psychiatrist and he he was wondering what allowed people to come out of hell hell you know and still have their spirit you know what was it you know, that allowed them to do it when there was death all around them. Whatever it is, you know, we don't have to go through all that stuff. And he came after doing the study and interviewing people that the people that came out were able to keep their purpose in life. That had meaning for them. So no matter what's going on, instead of to think, well, this is go back to what we we're talking about before, that we're victims. That, oh, no. At any given time, now, what's going on? There's a purpose for this. Just that little switch right there changes us from being victims to being participants and making something better at any given time, which is amazing. And it's true. And he was able to interview people who are in the worst situation. You know, the, I think it's nice to, to be able to go, that is not us. So if they could do it, they get, they get to be our role models. They get to be our inspiration for us. You go, oh, so something is going on in my life. It's Now, in the moment, because we, we're still, we're in our bodies, it feels awful. But we do have this amazing thing, this mind that goes up here. It says, I know there's something higher all the time. We can say connected to that. It may be like hanging on to like a little piece of wood in the ocean, you know, trying to keep us afloat, but it's always there. And because, you know, each one of us has been here for a while, we know that whatever is awful doesn't last. It feels like what I mean, one of the one of the things that the dark voice says to us, this is going to last forever. Mm. <laughs> right? It's mm -hmm. it like like you know, David, we work together with injuries. Yeah thing that comes up the most as a thought process is, I don't think I'm ever going to get out of this. Yeah. Yep. Right? 
So yeah. even that thought alone, which we can think is actually giving us information, is not giving us information. It's yeah. simply another dark, uh, another piece of the darkness. Yeah. One of our jobs is to begin to identify what's dark. Because right now, most of us, it's a battle between what, what's the, what is our, is it this information or is this really the sneaky devil? And that's why they call it the sneaky devil, mm-hmm. because the devil will talk to us however it needs to, to bring us down. Yeah. And we'll believe it. Yeah. <laughs> our job, which we go back to our purpose, you know, we started a while back, is to keep on bringing light into the world. You know, and then you think about why is that? Well, come on. We're part of this whole thing. Our job is to bring some light into it. Mm. Bring some meaning. Bring some, bring some hope. Mm. Mm. All those things. So, number one, I, and, I, and, and it's very important to start looking inward. This, you know, Tyson, you were talking about this. And to look, it's so easy to point to our partner and say, if you would only do this. Now, this is, to me, this is fascinating. In, our, in that moment, what we are doing is literally some form of accusing, you know, the very energy of accusing is negative. So we're hoping to get something good out of us being negative. Yeah, yeah. In that moment. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so easy for us to go there. Mm-hmm. So my one just my one thought about that is that if in that moment and we have that choice again, how am I going to do this? How am I going to go into this thing that's that I'm scared, I'm angry, I don't know what to say? But if we make a choice to go into that moment with some vulnerability, which requires some humility. And to take that energy into it and say something more like, I'm just scared that we're not close. Mm. I miss being close to you. There's there's a there's a there's a doorway. Yeah. You know? The hammer or even our brilliant eyesight is not the doorway. Mm. It's somehow acknowledging that I'm hurting too. And then even to begin to see, ooh, you know, in my way of pointing this out. Doesn't help a single bit. So then, like you know, like you were saying, Tyson, we begin to look inward. So to, to you know, as you were talking about from the, you know from the very beginning, as we have the guts, and it does take guts. Actually, the name of my book is called "No Guts, No Love," you know, because it requires us to let go of our ego, to not be have to be right, to see the other person's point of view. And instead of teaching, start to learn. Mm -hmm. And what I I love, you know, David, you know, because we've been together through a lot of miles, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's been, you know, your career is not different from a lot of other runners' careers. It's not Mm -hmm. like, oh, I get to run and I'm healthy and I'm always doing good. No, no, no. You've been in and out of casts on your leg, (laughs) you know, and 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 deadlines, you know, and oh, we only have so much so much time to qualify, you know, Olympic qualifying time and stuff like that. And all your fears and everything else, you've been in battle the whole time. So, I mean, to me, like you were talking about, Tyson, the metaphor between running and life, I and mean, it's, it's almost not a metaphor. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, it's, you just put them right on top of each other. We're all trying. And the thing about running, and David, you said it recently, which is, it was just kind of cool. You said, I know the reason I'm going for my third Olympics is that I know I can do better. Yeah, just to me. I mean, it just. I mean, you said that. I mean, obviously, I knew it, but just that's such a driving force for you. I know, I I know, I can run better. Even though I've been to two Olympics, that'd be enough for a lot of people. But you said it's somewhere deep inside of you. I know I can do better. Now, that same metaphor for us in terms of people. I know I can do better. I would say that ought to be our mantra. Period. Mm. I know I can do this better. Well, yeah, I think I think um, from just listening to both of you, 
um, talk, I guess, in this this sort of direction we've been going, one of the things that um, really sort of I feel like is a common theme, particularly from um, whether it's talking about it from messages from religious traditions or, or, or not, um, something like a common theme, for, I think, for both of you is is the power of storytelling. So, and what what storytelling can do, and 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 Bert, you kind of touched touched on just there, um, you know, a, a little less teaching, a little more listening, and and that's that's really what the essence of storytelling is, is, is I think, and and I think you know we we we're faced particularly in this day and age with social media and and um, and and traditional media as well and this in, influx of, of news and it, it, it's essentially you know we're being told we're being told everything that's wrong with the world and and um, and if there was anything that had the potential to um, drown out that 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 darkness it, it comes from storytelling and and comes from stories of hope and and you know you know whether it's whether for a runner it's you know my my story of you know overcoming injuries or you know if I I'll, I'll try not to get into an arena that I'm not I'm far from qualified to talk about but if you if you're talking about um, particularly at the moment Black Lives Matter and 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 there is a there is so much important um, negativity that absolutely one hundred percent has to be addressed. But maybe one of the ways that we can overcome that is storytelling of of hope. So listening to you know particularly in Australia, listening to um, Dreamtime stories of, of of our indigenous our indigenous people and 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 listening to the power and the connection that they have to land. I mean that's certainly certainly for me that's um, it's always been something close to my heart, and and I've had I've been very fortunate to um, spend some time in Indigenous communities and and listened listening to their stories, and and it's always been something that's resonated for me is their connection with land and and their um their, their one oneness with land and 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 I guess yeah it it kind of shows me that that power of storytelling. Has the potential to overcome all of that darkness, all of that 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 um, infiltration of like bombardment of everything that's wrong and everything that's going wrong. And you know, when if you're a runner and you're injured on the sidelines, that's all that's all we're consumed with. Right, right at that moment, that's what you're thinking about. Is like, I I can't run. I I'm hurting. Um, you just in that moment, you can't imagine. You can't imagine light at the end of the tunnel. I've been been there plenty of times, <laughs> and somehow I seem to come out every time. And <laughs> I think it's a common story, but 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 storytelling is is a is a huge potential beacon of hope. So many in so many situations, and whether they're whether whether they're parables um, from a, a a Christian or or Jewish tradition or or, or any other religious tradition, um, but but. It just kind of shows that potential for um, what storytelling can do. Mm. And it's one of the hardest things to, to, as you touched on, to sit back and actually listen to the story. And But I don't know if it's always been like this. I assume it has because I know there's been it's, – it's arguably the best time we've, we could ever live is, is right now. Like it's one of the greatest time in history apart from a – you know, a couple of uh, a couple of current issues, and it always seems to come back to be a, a political thing with a lot of people that I speak to at the moment as well. It's hard to sit back and listen to a new idea because there there seems to be so much baggage attached to it. As uh, he said that, so he must be on on this side of politics, or he must be on this side of politics, and and then as sort of tribal people, we're like, oh, if we don't identify with that particular tribe, we're in in the states. If you're Democrat, Republican, or somewhere in between, it's it's really hard to to have an open, genuine question because you feel like you're protecting these ideas which you've already established, and uh, and it's the hardest thing to do. Like I can I could preach on this all day, but the reality is like when I'm confronted with an idea that I disagree with, my, my first reaction is to, to sort of arc my back a little bit and just try and bite my tongue and try not to respond out of anger. And I love what you said about storytelling then, Dave, because storytelling, it is the art of communicating ideas. 
Mm-hmm. And, and if we could sit more comfortably with other people's ideas, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, surely there's something you can take out of that, which is a, a, a li- little nugget of wisdom that you can you can at least add to your arsenal of ideas. And, and that's one thing I think that um, at the risk of sounding like a typical 33-year-old white boy, uh, the reason I love Joe Rogan is, is because he just seems to uh, – by no means do I agree with everything he says, but he's, he's so open to – to sitting and listening to so many ideas on so many topics, um, that that I sort of admire that capacity just to go, okay, well if he can if he can hear people out that he completely disagree with in a lot of instances, I've seen him flop at that as well, which is sort of nice to see. He hasn't nailed it. <laughs> um, then then surely there's there's something I can take away. And to go back to what you said earlier, Bert, um, and he actually touched on something which is one of my favourite quotes of Carl Jung. He says that. Um, that which we most need is found in the place that we least want to go. That's and great. and That's I, great. I love that because um, whether you're speaking about going into the idea of someone else and, and, and trying to get understanding from what it is that they're saying or whether you're going into yourself and, you know, turning off Instagram and Netflix and, uh, you know, the, the, the news to um, potentially just distract you from whatever's bothering you from under the surface. There's something powerful about just entering into the land that you're unfamiliar with, uh, uncomfortable in and and trying to find the I guess the gem or the tool to take back and um, uh, to go back to what I said earlier impact positively your own life and and potentially the lives around you yeah no it's it, uh, well see I want to try to weave a few things together here that are you know coming from di- different directions but David you know you're talking about stories mm-hmm. right you yeah. know and stories re- requires two things a true story it's a story is not preaching a story is not teaching. A story is describing something that's going on or, or that went on, you know, about me in my life, right? So it re- so it, re- it requires somebody just to talk, but it also, re- you know, in order for a story to be told, there has to be a listener. Yeah. Right? There has to be somebody on the other end. So Tyson, you know, to what you were saying, I think we all, 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 because the first response when somebody says something you know from the other party is to react and to counter that's the end of the story there's no more story being told now we have a a little boxing match going on right but our ears are shut off our hearts are shut off our capacity to understand the other person is shut off but that is what's become our Default pattern. What you said, Tyson, and it, for all of us, when somebody says something that we don't believe in, we all need to get better at saying, tell me some more. Yeah. Tell me some more. That changes everything. Everybody's perspective comes from someplace. That's all we know. So just that act of opening up to somebody else that you care allows them to come down and to put down their arms and just just to talk. So each one of us at any time during the day can participate, David, in, in helping stories being told. Yeah. yeah. By, ask, by asking a question. Yeah. Well, and, and, and on that, uh, you know, the, the the first the first approach is like you said, tell tell me more when when we don't understand or it doesn't resonate, and you know, in in the absence of that, we we do have an inherent tool at our disposal as, as well, which is empathy. Oh, beautiful! Right? So yeah. there's always so, and I, I often find myself in that those scenarios as well where um, I'm I'm listening to a story or. Or I'm listening to a perspective and I don't necessarily agree with it, and and um, it's certainly something I've worked really, really hard on, and and um, continue to work on. But if I don't agree with something or I don't understand something, I, you know, if I, most of the time I'll, I'll I'll ask more questions. But sometimes I'll just I'll I'll I know the person well enough, and and I'll look back and and think I wonder where these perspectives come from, and and then I'll, you know, might I might understand a little bit about their past and where they've come from, and go, 
that's where it's come from, you know, and 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 it doesn't make it, it's not that something's right or wrong, but it's um you it's a it's an additional tool that we have to to understand someone a little bit more. And 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 then what what I think is we need to point out is that here are three of us right here. We're all different. Yeah. If we lived in the same house for any yeah. length of time, we'd begin to our differences would begin to show up. Right now, total love. Yeah. You guys are amazing. But mm. then we all have another side that you know under you know, we get we get to show that. I think one of the things is along with empathy is when we start focusing on on what we don't agree with, how much of that is the other person? That's one small part. Mm-hmm. We're totally mm-hmm. not. That could be the great, you know, the greatest person in the world. My my sophomore roommate at, at, uh, at, in college. He became the, the leader of uh, uh, ROTC, uh, and and I was protesting against the war. He, he went to Vietnam, and he was a ranger, and he won a silver star. He was just out, and that's like one of the highest things. And when I went actually and left, and was working on an Indian reservation in uh, in South Dakota, he today is a U.S. attorney, actually appointed by the Trump White House. He and I talk our differences, and at the at the end of each letter is, "I love you." Our job is to know that we're all different. Even the people who we think are the same as us, we're different, right? You know? And our job is to know that difference does not have to separate us. Yeah. In, 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 my, in, in my faith, you know, the, the, one, the, the one word, maybe it's the only I'll talk about it, is echad, one. It doesn't mean the number one. It means there's nothing but one. Our job is to keep on seeing how we're connected, right? And not just to somebody else, but to ourselves, you know? How can I stay connected to being true to me so I'm not hurting myself with my words? So this, what's so beautiful as we talk about this, it turns from being a battle to just being a way to live, to move consciously toward light. And then it becomes a beautiful responsibility. We're never without a job. <laughs> Purpose. It's never not there. Yeah. Far out. <laughs> that was good. I've, uh, I've adopted you as the mentor, Bert. <laughs> Dave said, you should, you should meet my mentor. And if he ever refers to you as my anymore, I'm going to get jealous and say, hey, hey come on. Come on. Oh. I have- we're, we're, I'll tell you, being with you guys, really, it's so something. You know, we, we get on this thing. You guys are in Australia and I'm, I'm up here in Arizona. But talk about one, echad, connected. Man, I just get this jolt of being connected. And, and our job literally, literally, is to take this energy that we all feel and to just spread it out there so that more people can. And the more people that can, then other people will do it. And it's just a ripple effect. But I want to start right here and just be thankful to you guys for being you and inviting me in and so we get to come together and and tell and tell our stories, David. Yeah, you know, and Tyson, you having the all the the guts to say, "Hey, I I want to put people's stories out there, so we can learn from them." And then it's cool we get to hear from people that say, "Hey, I really like those stories." So you know, <laughs> I, for everybody listening, it's thank you for listening and and being part of this. And go out there in the world, you know, and tell your own beautiful stories and and uh, and your vulnerability and your empathy and your listening ability. All those things. And, and coming back to running, every day is a different day. And yeah, one of the things yeah. I, I, I learned just recently from these two scholars was that hope gets invented every day. Yeah. yeah it's not yeah. something that you just have in this week. It gets invented every day. And that's true in life. And it's true as a runner. Every day. 